Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. The Aware Saga, as it has been called, was given to the events of March and April and May in 2009, uh, largely and widely covered in local media and, and arguably a landmark in, in civil uh, society history here in Singapore. Briefly, at an AGM on the 28th of March, a group of new members were elected to the Executive Committee of AWARE, taking control of the organization. It was subsequently revealed that many of them were the members of the same church and that they had, in quotes, taken over AWARE largely due to their objection to the organization's sexuality education program. Now, subsequently, a meeting was held. 3,000 men and women attended an extraordinary general meeting. A vote of no confidence was held, and that new executive committee lost and stepped down. Wow. Uh, Joining us now to talk about a new podcast series that's come out on this very topic, Jasmine Ng and Kelly Liao, co-writers and co-producers of Saga, a production for AWARE on this topic. Ladies, hello and welcome to Weekend Mornings. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, it's great to have both of you with us. And uh, this um, AWARE saga, as as we now are coming to call it, uh, was such a pivotal moment for for the AWARE organization. Uh, Jasmine, let's start with you. Tell us a bit about um, why you wanted to put this this program together to document what happened. Well, I think, it, you know, uh, the Wear Saga was not just a huge milestone for the organization, you know, as a gender equality organization. I mean, to any anyone's organization, if somebody else came in one day and swooped in and took over, you know, your your organization. But, but also, I think it was in the larger context, it was also important for Singapore because I think, you know, for weeks, every single day, it, it really gripped everyone in the mm. news, as did you know, as it did with for the old guy, the original where people, because they kind of didn't know what was happening to them, right? And so, along with the nation, everybody was trying to figure out like what was going on and how, what could be done. And eventually, everyone came together and said, "Hey, you know, something has got to happen. We need to do something about it." And eventually, people showed up and did something about it. So, I think you know, it's a larger context. It it was a, a time where people, Singaporeans could come together and say, hey, um, something is at stake and we're going to stand up and speak out about it. And just to follow on from that, were you, were you involved with AWARE at that time? No, I was one of the very many people, including some of the other characters that you do, do hear from in uh, the podcast series, like Pam Wee. You know, mm. quite a lot of people only started joining AWARE when we started reading about it in the newspapers, we were like, hmm, because something's it, going on. <laughs> the reason I ask is because I was in Australia at the time, and it really was an extraordinary event in, in civil society history. Uh, you know, I used to work for Margaret Thomas uh, back at the day in the newspaper, and I, I'm friends with Margaret Thomas. Yeah, I, I've known... One of Mar- the original founders yeah, of the world, yeah. Margaret and the current Thomas, president. Exactly. And Margaret Thomas was involved, and, and Constance Singham, and people that I really admire, Bremer Marty before that, you know, people that I really admire in Singapore were involved with this saga, Glenn, and it just rocked the foundations because it was something out of a movie. You know, it was like literally like masks were pulled off and they revealed themselves in this big ta-da moment. You know, they just flooded this, this vote, this meeting, and surreptitiously took over the whole thing. And I'm just so glad now, uh, moving on to Kelly, why you've decided to do it now. And, and what was that process like, putting that podcast together? 
Yeah, so we decided to do it. Um, to, so 2019 was actually the 10-year anniversary after the saga, which was 20, uh, 2009. So we knew the anniversary was coming up and we wanted to do something to commemorate it. I mean, of course, it ended up, the production process ended up taking like two years, which is more than we expected. So, you know, it's it's here now. We, we, we weren't in time for the 10-year anniversary, but, you know, here we go. But yeah, so we interviewed, we interviewed 50 different people. Um, you know, it was a huge number of people, but of course, you know, there were so many people involved, right? And we knew that no matter who they were, like at whatever level they were, whether they were like in the thick of it or whether they were, as Jasmine mentioned, you know, people who kind of heard about it in the news, got, you know, kind of fired up and decided to join to go to the extraordinary general meeting. Mm. Um, we knew that everybody was going to have their own story, right? And their own kind of personal um, account and memories and emotions about this event. So that's why we spent so much time interviewing 50 different people. Um, and most of those people have been, you know, we've incorporated them, them into the 12 episodes. Kelly, why the, why the podcast format? Why did you decide to go that direction with it? Um, well, I'm, so I'm a huge fan of podcasts. I gather you guys must be as well because, you know, you do audio. And this um, will be one. And, yeah, this will be one. <laughs> yeah, this will be a podcast, this interview. Exactly. Well. <laughs> yeah, we're on one right now. You know, podcasts are great. And yeah, so I, I you know, I guess when I look back and, and also went to do research and read the, you know, all the different accounts that were online and looked at all the different videos and heard their voices, for me, hearing the voices and, and watching all the videos, I was like, there's so much footage, there's so much rich footage, and their voices tell such a story, mm. you know, and, and are so evocative that it has really to be an audio, it has to be something, you know, more alive than, say, like a book or, you know, something that's more static. And I mean, the long form format, because this is Singapore's first narrative long form podcast. And so having the 12 episodes to really be able to tell a long story um, and be, be able to really spend time with each character intimately, you know, hearing her story or his story. I think this format really, you know, sold the story in a perfect way. And that's the key point, Jasmine, and maybe Kelly afterwards, isn't it? The, the, the voices, which voices you use. I mean, you could speak mm. to me about it and I will waffle on for five hours ranting about the saga and I wasn't even there. So, you know, how did you choose the voices? Which, you know, was there a criteria you had in mind? What voices did you choose and what sort of things did they say? I think it's sort of, you know, the, the most obvious were the people who were right in the front lines. Mm. So, uh, you know, uh, it, it it just as it came to be that the newspaper started coining the terms um, aware saga to describe the events, uh, they also then called the original aware people old guard and then the takeover faction new guard. So with the old guard, we went out of a way to also, obviously the old guard we have access to, and for the new guard, we did go, you know, we did uh, try to contact them and wow. ask them to be on the show and to speak, you know, and to, to you know, have, you know, give their own account. Um, they declined. We asked again, no answer. Uh, but I think one of the things was because there was so much coverage during 2009, you really hear them in their own words and we were able to incorporate them really in their own sound bites, in the quotes that was in the papers. So you really do hear from them out of their own mouths. And then for everything else, I think it was important to make, to understand like the dimensions of it was just, wasn't just about, uh, you know, that it mattered to the people within the organization. So like yourself, Neil, everybody else was kind of gripped by what's happening. Yeah. And like, what's what you're saying, Glenn, it really unfolded like it was a K-drama, you know, it was like, tune in next week and find mm -hmm. out what happens. And, mm -hmm. and because of how things happened and because how the takeover faction were not very uh, upfront with what they were trying to do, as you don't if you're plotting a takeover, 
they provided their own cliffhangers, you know. So then there were those key figures. And then for everyone else, it was the other players. And it was important to hear from people on the ground, you know, from the people who might be, you know, uh, coming for services at AWARE, uh, the people who were working on the ground to help the volunteers, you know, um, parents who felt, you know, there was something at stake because, you know, that what kind of future did they envision for their kids? Sociologists, historians, interfaith religious experts. And we also had Christian leaders speak in, in this as well. And then also in the final episode, we have persons such as, um, you know, Tommy Cole, you mm. know, who obviously has such a great overview as, um, you know, uh, our diplomat and such an establishment figure to kind of speak on this as well. So I think it was, we, we mm. kind of radiated outwards, but at the same time, everybody was accorded that equal standing. And what yeah. were some of the uh, the more poignant stories or the more memorable stories that stood out for you, memories, anecdotes, Kelly or Jasmine? What were the things that really stood out to you? Well, so I'll, I'll go. Um, so one extremely memorable, and this is actually the tagline of the series, um, was a moment during the Extraordinary General Meeting when Constance Singham, who you mentioned, Neil, um, you know, very legendary, iconic yeah. activist, right, and many-time um, president of AWARE. She had been really kind of emotionally wrecked during the saga because, you know, she felt kind of guilty, like it was her fault, right? Almost in the way, you know, kind of almost like a victim-blaming kind of thing, like she felt a lot of self-blame for kind of allowing it to happen. Um, and so she had actually been really kind of down and out for the weeks leading up to the EGM. Um, but, you know, the night before the EGM, she decided, you know, I'll, I'll just kind of put some put pen and paper and just kind of write down a few thoughts just in case I, I, I am asked to speak at the meeting. And then during the meeting, you know, she, she did speak and she gives this incredible speech. Um, and the refrain that she that she repeats over and over in the speech is, where were you, right? She's like, where were you when we were building this organization? Where were you when we were helping all these women? Where were you, right? I mean, you, you took over. Um, you know, you claim all this that you claim this for yourself and you claim this organization and, you know, these 25 years of history for yourself. But where were you? And so kind of hearing Connie, just hearing that speech that was made, you know, hearing the audio footage from 2009 and hearing her just give this rousing speech and the whole crowd just like up and arm, just like standing up, cheering, you know, whooping. Yeah. Um, and then also talking to Connie afterwards and listening to her kind of, you know, talk about the emotional journey that she went through. I, I think that was really, really powerful. You've yeah. given me goosebumps here. Yeah. I'm not exaggerating. I know Constance. She's a friend of mine. Yeah. You've given me goosebumps. Talking about Jasmine Ng, the filmmaker, and Kelly Liao, communications manager at AWARE. Both are the co-writers and co-producers of Saga, a 12-part production for AWARE, a podcast talking about that moment in uh, 2009 when uh, there was uh, such upheaval within the AWARE organization. And, and uh, Jasmine, uh, I guess back to Neil's question, what are some of the moments moment or moments that stand out for you in this 12-part series? Um, I got to say, well, there were you know, a lot of rousing moments and moments that even after you know, repeated times, Listen, working on it, uh, editing and working on the, um, the podcast, there's still a lot of moments that take, us, take me by surprise and I start tearing up. But it's not all just these kind of like big rousing speeches. There are a lot of also very funny moments, hmm. sometimes unintentionally. But the wonderful thing about so many of the people that we have in the podcast, they're very open about sharing their thoughts. So I think they're very open to saying, I, I screwed up. I shouldn't have done that. I still have regrets. I still feel guilty. And one of the anecdotes they actually share was, I think in the days after the takeover, I think they were still stunned 
but they were trying to grapple with it and figure out what just happened to us. And they had all, they had called for a meeting at Connie Singham's house. And so Margie Thomas recounts in the podcast in one of the episodes about how she shows up at, at Connie's house expecting to see many pairs of shoes outside her HTV flat. And in the corridor, there was nothing. And she goes, did I come at the wrong time? Was it the wrong day? <laughs> And then when she goes in, she sees like 20 people inside and they had all taken their shoes in because they, they couldn't figure out something just happened to us, a covert operation. <laughs> we don't know what their secret agents about. What is it? And then they all sort of burst, in, you know, burst out laughing. And it was just to hear these kind of moments. It's so human, right? When you're yeah. kind of like dumbstruck, you're trying to make sense of things. You're feeling very vulnerable. At the same time, they're grappling with this idea, you know, and you hear so many people keep saying it across the podcast. Who would want to take over where? Why not? Why? It's like too much trouble. You know what we do? It's a lot of work. <laughs> but you can, you can understand that sense of conspiracy theory, right? Because the way that the, they, they, they took over the organize, organization in the first place was so unexpected and so surprising. And Kelly, on that point... I, I applaud you for, for both of you mentioning that you did seek to speak to the other side, the religious uh, group. I think that's very important to try and give two sides of yeah. the story and that you have spoken to uh, various leaders of different denominations, different leaders of different faiths. What were some of their responses? Uh, what were some of their comments on the podcast? Yeah, so I think, you know, um, obviously 10 years, more than 10 years have passed, everyone has had a lot of time to kind of digest and reflect, right, on, on what happened in 2009. And, you know, um, so one of the people we spoke to was Tong Yi. He's, a, you know, a, a staunch Christian, um, and he runs Thought Collective, um, you know, and different, and he's involved in different agencies and stuff. And so one of the things that he actually said that was interesting was that when we asked him, you know, hey, will you come and talk to us about the Aware Saga? His first reaction was, yikes no, you know, why Why would I want to do that? Why would I want to talk about this? Like, ugh, don't we have other things to talk about? But then he, he told us, you know, he was really candid and he told us that in, you know, in the next few days he thought about it more and he was like, actually, you know, of course I want to talk about this, right? What a rich event and, and, and you know, in the time that has passed, these themes, these ideas of, you know, LGBT rights and sex education and feminism and all these things have only become more relevant, right? So why not talk about it? So I think that was, was the reaction from a lot of, you know, the people that we spoke to who were Christians and, and other and people of other faiths, you know, they, they really, they thought that this was such an amazing crucible of a moment to talk about, to really examine, you know, the place of religion in society and, and just like a, a huge range of questions that I think everybody is grappling with every day, right? And here's a perfect opportunity to really look at them um, in a case study. And Jasmine, how have things changed 10 years further down? How, how, what is the landscape like now? Do you see an improvement? The fact that we're even talking on this radio show about this issue, about a 12-part podcast series in itself... Is a, is a huge step forward. Where are you guys now in terms of optimism? I think that's for every single one of us to, you know, work out that path. I mean, if you, I, I, you know, the big money question is, um, might this happen again? Could this happen again? Are we more polarized? Are we doing better at creating situations where we can have dialogue? And I think that the answer is for us to forge, you know, and to work out. So, you know, in a sense, the, the jury is out because we are, could be, you know, that hero or the accomplice or that jury kind of making that, that future of can this happen again? Are we better than 10 years ago? Uh, you know, that, that back mm. in 2009. 
Very interesting. I Ke- don't know. Yeah. Kelly, uh, I just wanted to get some, some of the actual details and facts from you. How can people find this podcast? How can they listen to it? Where, where do they find it? So the podcast is called Saga, um, S-A-G-A, and you can listen to it on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, and also on a kind of custom website that we built for this podcast, um, aware.org.sg slash saga. And the website actually has a lot of kind of bonus features. We have a little timeline of the events, character lists. Mm. So, you know, anyone who is a bit confused about what's going on, because there is a lot of stuff going on in the podcast, you can actually refer to these and hopefully we'll clarify things for you. Yeah. And how long is each, uh, is each podcast episode? So the shorter ones are maybe about 30, 35 minutes and all the way to about an hour. So yeah. perfect, perfect gym exercising awesome. time and yeah. walking time, cycling <laughs> time. That's the, you've done your research. Yeah. I can tell. Uh, Jasmine, just finally for me, what has been the response so far? Because I know these parts have been rolled out over a period of weeks. What has been the public response? Well, I mean, I think as uh, Kelly was saying, this is Singapore's first long-form narrative uh, podcast series. So we didn't know. We know like people have the appetite for that because they've been listening to a lot of inter- uh, international uh, podcasts like Serial, you know, a lot of re- yeah. really famous podcasts uh, coming out uh, stateside over the last few years. But we didn't know how we would catch in Singapore. But I think, you know, as soon as you mentioned Saga, everybody goes, ah, I heard something about it. But interestingly, doing this podcast also meet, uh, has meant that we're reaching out to a lot of younger people who were just nine when it happened, mm. you know, and so many of them go, went like, oh, because it's not just about the saga, but it's also like what led up to the formation of AWARE and what happened to mm. it that might have led people to want to come and, you know, do this covert takeover. And many of them go like, what? We had uh, eugenics kind of policies. Oh, what? We, there was a graduate mother's scheme, you know, where, you know, we yeah. actively pursued this policy where, you know, we were encouraging graduate mothers to have more kids and those people were not as educated to you know, dissuade them from that. So all these things are important to our histories because these are very personal histories that happen to people's personal lives, right? And I think um, what has happened is I think we just reached the 29th spot on Spotify Singapore's podcast charts. Mm-hmm. So I think we, we broke into, you know, the top 40 even before we got into four weeks. So that's been fantastic. I think hearing people sending comments, you know, posting on IG, Facebook, that has been, and on Twitter, that's been great. But it's kind of nice to see it go up the charts because it also means that hopefully it's more um, uh, visible, it's more discoverable. Because people might imagine when you first sell this idea, it's like, oh, okay, it's only for civil society people. But it's like, no, anybody isn't interested mm-hmm. in drama, you know, or that idea that this happened in Singapore to us. This is not somebody else's story in, you know, in the US or Mm. or such but but even then we we are getting some international listeners as well because i think the dimensions of what happened is something that's kind of universal that you can easily put yourself into those shoes and go what would i have done if i was in the trenches absolutely fascinating well, fascinating well we'll look forward to seeing uh, that 12 episodes uh listening to the 12 episodes of saga which is a production for aware yasmin Ng and kelly liao co-writers co-producers thank you so much for your time today and congratulations on this amazing uh, amount of work that you put together thank cool. you so much thanks guys Bye. thanks to listen to more great interviews download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.